You're listening to the Simple Pen Podcast. Pinterest for business advice that goes down smooth and easy. Here's your host, Kate All. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Simple Pin Podcast. I'm your host, Kate All. I'm the owner and founder of Simple Pin Media. We are a Pinterest management and marketing company that helps you find your ideal person on Pinterest. Today, we are going to be continuing with this discussion of international marketing with Pinterest, specifically what it's like to market to an audience that is not in your home country. We have Angela from The Collective here that's going to talk about her experience living in the UK and what it's been marketing to Canadian audiences and the US audience. She's going to share some tips and strategies that will help you think about how you market to that specific country. We're also going to briefly touch on those strategies you can use for product sellers because there are different. There are some hurdles. So we're going to go deep into that. I also want to say before we jump into my interview with Angela, if you are interested in a community of Pinterest marketers who are all learning together, strategizing together, we would love to have you join the collective. That is our Pinterest marketing membership community. It's open at all times. You can join by going to simplepinmedia.com slash collective. And the great part that Angela and I surfaced at the end of our podcast after we hopped off the call was this idea of creating community around marketers in the home country that they're marketing. Community is so valuable because you all put your heads together to try to work towards figuring out strategies, figuring out systems, and how the marketing works for that specific country. So we're going to be delving into what that could potentially look like. And right after I got off the call, I went to the collective and said, I want to hear about all the UK marketers and what you're doing with Pinterest. That includes people who just have a UK-based business, not necessarily a Pinterest marketer like me. But what you're what they're learning about Pinterest, what are their struggles? Other countries get features much later. So we talk a little bit about that today, too, on the podcast. So I hope you take away some tips and tricks. And please share with those who you know live in the UK who could glean some wisdom from this episode and maybe some inspiration. Alrighty, with that, let's dive into episode 230. Angela, thanks so much for joining me today on the Simple Pin Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I am so excited. As I was telling you before, um, I'm so excited to hear your perspective as a Pinterest UK marketer and what that looks like, because I obviously don't have that. So before we dive into all the amazing questions I have for you, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Um, Well, I uh, live in Telford. Well, I do now. We moved last, well, back in 2019. So that's been a, a fun a fun year that we've been here. Um, I started off content writing and obviously started to blog as basically as a way to showcase what I could do because I was brand new at it and started to run into Pinterest as a little bit of part of that. And it's like, no, oh, this is, I really enjoy doing this. This is really good. And a little way down the line, started to realize that other people didn't enjoy it and didn't have fun with it. And it was like, well, I could maybe help them with it. And then a bit more training and a lot more learning down the road and then started to offer Pinterest services as well. Nice. What a cool story to get there. So your clients, what countries do most of them live in? 
I've got pretty much a split at the moment. I've got one lady in Canada, um, and then I think it's pretty much 50-50 between US and UK. So a bit, bit all over the world at the minute. So uh, I'm wondering, like, with that, this is a technical question that I didn't throw in there. But do you need um, any specific technology or like a VPN to be able to access the different platforms? Or is it all okay from just where you're at? It seems to be okay. I remember once or twice I've run into where if the client's given me access to the account, I've logged in and it's then sort of fired off a warning email to them saying, hang on, was this you? When they've gone, yes, and it's been fine. But to be honest, even that hasn't happened for, that must have been probably about two years ago now. So realistically, it's not a big hang up. So no, no real problems of late. Touch wood. You never know. Right, exactly. <laughs> and are all these clients, are they in a specific type of niche or do they cross all types of categories? Yeah, I've got a I've got I tend to try and aim for niches that I I know well, which is things like digital marketing and food. But I'm also in always up for trying something different. So I've got one of my clients teaches kids how to watercolor art. Um and then another one of my clients, she's um a phot- photographer and coaches people in photography. So it's, it's a little bit of a mixed bag, which is always interesting because you're seeing sort of Pinterest from different avenues and different perspectives, which can be fun. Mm. And as you think about like, I think drilling down to the targeting for your clients and where you're going with their marketing strategy, how do you, how does that change for you as you lean into like the Canadian client versus the UK client? I think a lot of it is understanding the difference, the little differences in sort of, especially with things like food and that, not so much seasonal because we're all sort of Northern Hemisphere. So that's a little bit similar, but like holidays and things like the Canadian Thanksgiving is before the US Thanksgiving and the UK, we don't have Thanksgiving at all. So it's, it's sort of understanding when do you need to be doing things for specific audiences, but also for the different countries as well. And it's, it's, you know, Silly little things like spellings and things like that. Just looking at the whole picture. Right. Right. Which we, the S and the Z, right? Yeah. Yeah. Having a look at it all and figuring out, you know, what's, what's the same for everybody and what needs to be specific for different countries and, and different sort of events and when they happen. So let's talk about a scenario. You have a client that comes to you. They are living outside the U.S., but their target is in the U.S., do you approach that differently? And how would you advise them really back at, let's say, the discovery call stage? What do you think about that idea of somebody in the UK trying to market in the US? Let's say that example. What are some hurdles that they need to know? And even more specific, what would be the hurdles if it was like a physical product mm-hmm. client or even... Well, have you had that experience and how have you approached it? Yeah, I mean, even my own blogs, um, my food blog is 75% US audience. So with that, you've kind of got to put your mindset on of, right, what do, what terms do we need to use? What what language do we need to use so that it's universal? So that, you know, someone coming from the US isn't going to think, what are they on about? Um funny example when I first started I had a board on my my account called spirits and cocktails because for us alcohol like vodka and stuff is spirits but Pinterest didn't understand that because it thought I was talking about ghosts and cocktails so it was a bit baffled so by calling it just cocktail recipes it understood 
So when you when you're looking to market to the US, you've got to think about right. This is what we call something, but what do they call it, and how can we work the two in together so that it makes sense for everybody? Mm. And then yeah. again, it's it's like holidays, it's seasonal. The trends, the trends tool is so helpful for things like this. Do you find that the audience um, insights is helpful as well on the accounts? Mm, yeah, I would I would say I use them a little bit, but I would definitely say that the trends, the the Pinterest trends tool is the one that's probably the most useful at the moment because you can see when different things are going to be more popular and if they're different between the UK and the US because you can change the sentence on it. So it just kind of gives you that that bit of foresight as to what you need to be concentrating on when. Hmm. Okay. And we had an interesting conversation that was going on in the collective probably like six months ago. And it was from somebody who had emailed me wondering if they were in the UK and they were a swimsuit company and they were wondering if they could get reach in the US and if that would be easy or if somebody would be able to purchase the products. What's as you explore through like your main home feed what are some things that you see specifically when it comes to products? And do you get US products? And if you do, are there things that you look for before you think about buying? What are some hurdles that a product seller in either the US marketing to the UK or globally or vice versa would have? I think one of the biggest problems you can run into is the cost of sending everything. And obviously with things like... um customs fees and stuff like that it can be a little bit more complicated to send stuff especially bigger parcels abroad so i think yes even sort of like marketing it on pinterest you've still got to bear in mind your basics of can you send it to people at a sensible sort of price without it making it so crazy that they're not going to be able to pay it and i think with pinterest as well it's back to terminology isn't it it's it's having those terms in so that you can reach people and catch their attention and make them think oh yeah i'm happy to pay a little bit more postage because i really love that item mm. yeah exactly it is, so it, yeah it's, it's, it is a little bit tricky because when you when you scroll through and you, you look at things because obviously we see quite a lot of u.s products mm. and you think oh yeah that's lovely and then you click it and you think oh it's a u.s product hmm <laughs> <laughs> and you're like darn how much yeah, am i gonna have like, to pay oh, i would really like that but mm, i'm not sure if i want to mm. but then sometimes mm. think uh we'll find a way so right. i suppose a lot of it is how clear you can make it for people that are coming to the platform as to where you, where you know what's going to cost them and things like that if they if they do want to bring it in from from the us over to the uk or vice versa mm. yeah okay so here's an interesting one and this the conversation comes up a lot in the collective and we often see new features obviously launch in the US or Canada first. How long would you say it takes for features to reach the UK? For example, story pins. What's that looked like compared to our experience? Oh, that one's been a nightmare. To be honest, we still really haven't got it consistently. I think one of my accounts has got it. Um, one of my clients' accounts in the UK hasn't got it. It's really random. So even here, we still haven't got it universally across the board. That one's been the exception to the rule, though. I would say normally it's probably, maybe I would say about two to three months at the most that it takes before things start to filter through. Sometimes it's literally a few weeks. I suppose it depends how big of a job it is for them really to do it. 
But the story pins has been a really strange one because, as I say, it's still not universal for the UK accounts, which is a bit frustrating because we can't get to really play with it yet. Because right, right, and is there in you know here we have obviously like the US Pinterest office. Is there much conversation or? you know, and around the office or a group of people running, I guess, Pinterest for UK marketers is, is that even a thing over there? Do they communicate with you? There doesn't, well, I'd say there doesn't seem to be as many. There does seem to be more now people that are doing it than when I first started doing it about two years ago. Um, but you tend to sort of get to know people through groups like like the collective, you know, that you, you meet other people who are in the UK, but there, there doesn't seem to be sort of much of an organized community of us at the moment, which is maybe something we should get a bit sorted out. But there, there's not definitely not as many people doing it over here as a service as what there is, like general VA work and, you know, things like that, even social media management. I think in the UK, maybe the businesses, they're getting better at realizing the potential of Pinterest but I think it's been a bit slower for them to sort of really grasp how useful it could be for them than what it has maybe in the US. So I suppose that's why people haven't got quite as involved with it. Do you see a lot of people using it personally? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely... Um, it's funny when you say to people, you say, oh, yeah, I, one of the things I do is Pinterest management. And they're like, oh, yeah, Pinterest. Like, ah, you know what it is, but... <laughs> They don't necessarily put two and two together as it's a fun place to go and look for recipes or craft stuff or whatever. But mm-hmm. they don't also realize that it's a really great idea if you have a business for marketing your products and your services. So mm-hmm. I think in a way, Pinterest is still sort of in that category for people where it's a fun thing to do or it's a, it's a really useful tool. But they may mm-hmm. be not always clicking on that it's a useful tool for their business as well. And do you think they favor, is there another social media platform that they favor over Pinterest? Or do you think it's simply just a misunderstanding of how Pinterest can be used for their business? Yeah, I think it's probably more a misunderstanding. I mean, we seem to have the full spectrum of everybody likes different social media sites, you know, the the traditional Facebook people and through to all the latest TikTok and all the rest of it. So I think people use lots of different platforms it's maybe that they don't quite realize the potential of Pinterest. And it's it's still sort of like that fun thing that they do to find new recipes or what color paint to do the living room, which it's brilliant for. But, you know, I don't think there's it's, it's made that complete switch in the mind yet. Hmm. Do you think that creates like a second hurdle, you know, towards Pinterest ads? Because one of the things we see here is... That there's so much adoption of Facebook and Instagram ads, and obviously that's that's shifting, but people are still so confused and frustrated with Pinterest ads. What is the, of the people in the UK that use Pinterest for business, what's their feeling about Pinterest ads? I think there's still a lot of, um, not so much confusion as I don't, well, it could be a good thing actually, but the really big companies don't seem to have quite grasped the potential for it, especially considering they're so used to just jumping into the Facebook ads. So it doesn't seem like the really big companies have had a high take up of the Pinterest ads yet, which in one respect for us little guys could be a good thing because it means there's still plenty of room for us. Um, but I think that's still, they're still so focused on, you know, you have to advertise on Facebook and 
well, I might dabble on Instagram and everything, that I don't think they've really realized the, the potential of Pinterest, especially with the paid ads. Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of potential too, mm, mm, which, which I think um, Pinterest, yeah, I could go down a whole nother road on that, <laughs> but I won't. Um, so real quickly back to this idea of new features that hit the platform. Is there anything that you do when you start to see like in the collective, there's these conversations that pop up about new features or how we're using them. Is there anything that you feel like you do in the UK to start to do some investigative work to see if you can get it? Or what's your usual um, pathway to try to find out where, what the status is, I guess, in the UK? I suppose the first thing I tend to do is I look at the, my client accounts that are in the US because then even if we haven't got access to it first, at least I can get a, an idea of what's going on and what it's going to look like and how it's going to impact what we're doing. Um, and then, you know, looking groups like the collective and, you know, um, smart pin pro is another one to use to try and find out what people are seeing. And if there's anything we can do, like there was a stage you could request the story pin access, although it didn't seem to actually bring it along any quicker, but you can ask for it. So it never hurts to use. So finding out about things like that, then going tracking it down for the clients and doing this and saying, right, you know, can we have this, please? Because the more of us tell them that we'd like these things and the more chance that we might get them. But having sort of groups, having people that I'm, I know that are in the US and work, you know, with their Pinterest accounts and things, it just gives us a bit of an advantage to be able to have a look at what's going on, even if I can't actually see it myself on my accounts or any of the UK ones. Mm. Yeah. So last question for you before we end this interview, what would you say to somebody who's living outside the US but really wants to market to an American audience? Understand the difference in the terms. You know, it, it's it, it's quite fun actually. We often talk about because I've got some friends in the US and little things like a purse in the UK is a little thing that you put your money in that you put in your handbag, but a purse to you guys is what we call a handbag. So chips and crisps, there's another one. It's all sorts of little terms like if you were going to use your, your correct keywords, you're going to use instinctively what you want to use for the U because that's what you're used to in the UK. But you also got to know what it's going to be over in the US and if that's different to work everything in. So from the start, you've got that mindset of, yes, you want both variations. It's not so much spans because I don't think it needs to be that complicated because I think Pinterest is more than smart enough for that. But I think it's definitely a case of, you know, if you want to sell products or if you want people to come to you, your blog posts, you've got to be able to use the different terminology to attract their attention. Um, the other thing is, is things like getting the hang of the time differences and when's a good time to pin based on when you're most likely to catch the US audience because obviously we're anywhere from five to about eight or nine hours difference. So it's no good pinning what seems like a peak time in our time if you're trying to catch a US audience because they're probably either going to be in bed or whatever. So, you know, it's figuring out that, right, when do I pin to try and catch my people best who were in the US, not so much when's best over here. Do you, what tools do you use to figure that out? Um, I usually have on my phone, I've got little, the time zone things. Okay. And then do you use Tailwind to like schedule during those times? Either that or straight to Pinterest itself. Because, okay. you know, it's, you can 
do within, I think it's 15-minute blocks, isn't it? So you've got quite a bit of scope there. So whichever one, use it to sort of that. And once you've got your time zone sorted out, Google Analytics, you can sort of get good information from there as well. If you ask it what your best time of day for from Pinterest is, it will tell you when those times are. And those are probably going to be, I think, my best times on my blogs are something like 8 o'clock at night, my time, and 3 o'clock in the morning another day. Because that's where people are on the go in the US and there's obviously more people in the US than there is in the UK. Right. So it's it's figuring out, yeah, getting those those differences together and making sure that you're catching people when they're around. Yeah. So Google Analytics Mm -hmm. and then just scheduling to Tailwind Mm -hmm. and then just looking at um, a time converter. Yeah. Yeah. Always have an idea of, you know, what time what times you need to be in. As I say, once you start to get a little bit of traffic running, then Google Analytics does both the time the time and the best day. So you can sort of work out your best days of the week and your best times of the day, put them together. And they can be peak slots if you want to sort of, if you're not pinning a huge amount, then I think that can be quite a good idea to try and catch those time zones that people are already coming to your, your Pinterest account or to your website from Pinterest. Make the most of them. Very interesting. Okay, Angela, I really appreciate all of this. Can you tell our listeners where they can go to find out what you're doing and just check out your services? Yeah, my website is um, skylarkvirtualservices.com. And I've got everything on there. I've got my blog, which is all sorts of stuff about digital marketing and a whole category on Pinterest and all about my services and everything that I do there. All righty. Well, everybody go check that out. I think it's always good to learn from people who are marketing globally. And we just appreciate your wisdom as those of us who are in Canada and the US as it looks much different. And all the tools and the tips that you've given us today for anybody who wants the links, please go to the show notes at simplepinmedia.com slash 230. That's episode 230. And if you have any more questions about our collective, you can go to simplepinmedia.com slash collective. All righty, Angela, thanks so much for joining me. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a pleasure.